0: Welcome to The Build-Up on Boz.ie, in association with Labbrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for further information.
1: And uh, Let's chat to Stephen Ferris. He's going to get us hyped for the return of the, 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 the new season of the Champions Cup this weekend.
2: Stephen, a on the mic what it's like it's like we're getting tonight
1: i was all set to start this off by asking you about how difficult it is to get back into the swing at club rugby after a, a World Cup exit and uh, what's it like you know, how hard it is to refocus and all that kind of thing and then I was looking back at the 2011 uh, Heineken Cup at the time and I'm looking at Ulster against Claremont Ulster win Stephen Ferris man of the match so it looks like you had no difficulty uh, refocusing after that
0: um, Yeah I can actually remember it well I think Ian Humphrey scored a last pitch try um, when we played them at the Kingspan. Um I think Generally, guys, I think it can be quite tough, um, especially when the Irish teams come under immense criticism. Um, you even look at the Interpro the Derby, Ulster versus Munster, it was very lacklustre, lots of stop-starts. Uh, you know, Jacob Stockdale had a very poor game, who's just off the back of a poor World Cup. You know, Peter Romani was very, very quiet, apart from the three-line-out teams that he had. You know, there wasn't much um, much more to, the, to his game. And... You know, a few other people that were that were put in there, and like Chris Farrell, you know, didn't really impress. And I think generally it, it's pretty tough, um, and it's not just kind of getting your head around the World Cup. It's getting back into the actual setup, learning the plays, learning the way that Stephen Larkham or Dwayne Peel or Dan McFarlane wants the team to play, and um, you know, Leo Cohn. Um, Fortunately for him, he's got such a big squad that's done so well over the last five or six weeks in the Pro 14 that he can integrate, um, you know, the, the internationals, drip feed them back into the setup, and that the, their team won't really change, where I think Munster is slightly different. Um, and Ulster, you know, if, when they add those two or three players, like the Henderson, like the Stockdale coming back in, Jordy Murphy um, as well, it, it, it definitely adds something. So, yeah, um you know, long-winded probably answer to your question but some people find it easy and seamless to slip back into the system where others find it more difficult and you know, the ones that find it more difficult seem to want to get back on the pitch quicker if that makes sense.
1: Yeah and like if you look at like Leinster as well they also are uh, benefiting from a, a match that probably should win this weekend whereas for our Old Star away to Bath like it's it's one of those. It's a it's a huge game already in this pool. Like if they could win that, if they could manage to get over the line there, it could uh, be fantastic for them going forward. They would set them up really well.
0: Yeah, Mark, You know, I think you always target that first game. Um, it doesn't matter what competition it's in. Um, but the Heineken Cup. I think, I think if you offered Ulster a losing bonus point um, from this game right now, they might take it. Um, just because you know, bath them off a good victory at the weekend. Um, against Northampton, even being down to fourteen men with Alar getting sent off, Ulster just off the back of a local derby defeat didn't particularly play that well. Didn't offer that much in attack, um, but I think down at the recreational ground where we've played, they've beaten Bath a couple of times down there, and uh, we always seem to get drawn against each other in the European Cup. It's a it's a it's a real arm wrestle down there. The pitch is always generally quite wet. Um, at this time of the year, it's very muddy. The the amount of rain there's been. In England, over the last couple of weeks, has been colossal. So I expect it to be a bit of a bit of the old school rugby, you know, set piece dominated, bit stop start, um, and won or lost up front, like most games are. But I think in particular, this game is going to be is going to be huge up front. So the likes of Marcel could see it, um, you know, battling it out. I'm, I'm hearing that um, I'm hearing that Sam Underhill is going to be playing for Bath, which is extraordinary. Um, I hear he's going to be talking out for those guys. So, you know, that's a huge, huge plus for them. They're just probably looking to get the European window out of the way and then give him his rest. But it's a tough place to go. I think the bookies have it only a three point game or something like that. Um, So they're expecting it nice and tight. um, And I expect it nice and tight. But I just feel that also travelling away from home off the back of a defeat and Bath winning at home, um, you know, the odds are stacked in their favour.
2: Stephen, can I ask about the psychology of what you just mentioned of the Champions Cup? Like I I, I obviously, you know, you've got bonus points in the World Cup and stuff like that but given the nature of this competition they are just so crucial we even saw that last year where you look at Ulster beating Leicester at home and then how crucial it was that they, they got that win away at Scarlets and how that set them up to, to progress to a quarterfinals when you mentioned the fact that they might be happy with uh, a losing bonus point this weekend does that implement their psychology at, at any stretch of imagination like if you look at the scenario where you see Joey Carberry settle for for the losing bonus points, Would, is that something that's preordained, planned before a, a game, or is that a, an in the moment decision?
0: No, it's it's not an in the moment decision, and it's not a it's not a preordained one either. Where <laughs> it's more or less you get to you get to sixty minutes, and you're within four or five points, and of course you're going to try and get the win. But when the clock ticks down, and um, the conversations between the pack leader and the playmaker, like so, if it's Billy Burns this weekend and Ian Henderson chatting. You know, they will have a discussion five minutes before the final whistle to say, look, let's play in the right areas of the pitch, especially if they're in their own half and, um, you know, they play a couple of strike plays and they don't really get anywhere. And sometimes, you know, that conversation has to be executed and to take away, you know, a losing bonus point is is sometimes, well, it is, of course, it's better than nothing. But um, I, I think, yeah, in general, those conversations are had as the match goes on. Um, and as you talked about there, guys, it, they are really, really, really important. And you know, you look at Ulster last year. I think I think a lot of people were maybe looking at the Ulster, um, the Ulster group last year, and you know, Scarlets, a few other ones, that, uh, a few of the other teams that have played reasonably well over the couple of years. And then last year they 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 played bloody awful. And you know, I think Ulster will certainly have to play a lot better this year round to try and get to a quarter final, but. Um, yeah uh, I think you know decisions are made on the hop in big games and there's no other big, not a big game to come in, uh, in terms of this uh, this Bath-Ulster game
1: you'd expect Leinster to win fairly easily this weekend but now with Saracens yeah. saying that they're going to focus um, mostly on domestic football trying to, or domestic rugby trying to stay up um, are Leinster clear favourites now for you for this are they a good bit ahead of the rest of the pack
0: well they're definitely not ahead of Saracens by any stretch of my case give them a bit of a um, bit of a doing last year in the final um, I think you know that talk of their uh, their focus is on the league if, if this points um, ban is enforced or points reduction is enforced um, there are quality outfit guys you know they beat Gloucester in Gloucester that, last weekend with like I said Ray and internationals to come back into the team um, they're going to Racing ninety two. actually fancy them to beat Racing ninety two. I think Racing are five point favourites in this match, but Darsons um, on the three G pitch like they're used to as well. Um, I think that they're going to do a number on Racing, um, and you know sometimes it's good to deflect um, some some situations. And I've, I've, in my own personal opinion, that's what I feel that they're doing is trying to deflect any. Negativity around the Heineken Cup and just say, look, we're focusing on the league, uh, league, and all that. But you know, I can guarantee you guys uh, that the 15 players that are going to take the pitch for Saracens this weekend. will be going to get the win, and it's as simple as that.
1: And with regard to, I suppose the other match, you're looking at Munster, probably should beat Osprey's as well um, fairly easily, but Connacht against Montpellier, it's Connacht's first time obviously back in a couple of seasons in the Champions Cup. It's its a tough ask for them, but um, it, they're, they're well capable of winning this game.
0: They are. Uh, I watched Connacht beat Toulouse uh, about four or five years ago in the Hiding Cup or Champions Cup as it was then. and uh, You know, just looking at the two sides, it was like men against boys. It really was. Connacht ended up going on like fifteen three down or something, and then you know the sports grind came alive, um, and I, I even everybody got behind the team. I think Mundiaki had a massive performance, and they completely turned the game on its head. And they ran the big Toulouse pack ragged. They really did, and I think they got to get back to a little bit of the Pat Lamb way of keeping the ball in play for a long periods of time and using their skill set that we all know that they have uh, and trying to outplay this Montpellier team. Instead of if you're going to go head on head and have car crashes all day long, it's only going to go one way because Montpellier are a big side. Um, they're sitting mid-table in the top 14, and you know we all know that they're capable of a big performance. So for me, uh, I certainly believe that Conat have it in them uh, to get a result. But at the same time, they're coming up against a bit of a, a juggernaut. Uh, but saying that, you know Connacht after display last weekend will be bitter, bitterly disappointed. I'm sure almost embarrassed the way they went down to the, the Leinster at home. So they'll be looking to rectify that and, you know, give the crowd something to cheer about. Uh, it's good to have Henning Cup rugby back at the at the sports ground. So, you know, guys, I think I'm going to go for a, a kind of sneaking a, a, a little win there. And just a to touch on the Osprey, monster game. Osprey are in dire straight. They really are. There's no players to pick from, loads of injuries. I know there's a few internationals to come back, but, um, you know, getting beaten by Southern Kings last weekend, uh, Southern Kings first Away winning in the, in the Pro 14, I think uh, the Ospreys are in a bit of a bad place. So yeah, Munster, I think ten points favourites for that game. I would back, be backing them all day long.
2: I guess when you're looking at the Munster and Connacht game, Stephen, it kind of reinforces the the idea of just how strong a team like Saracens or Leinster are, particularly just I think in terms of depth. Like I think Connacht and Munster, if they're their perfect 15 out, would challenge anybody on their day. And then you look at a Connacht team who won't have probably three of their first choice locks in Quinru, Thornbury or, or Orlton land. You saw the difference it made when Finney Bealem went off injured against Leinster. Even this stuff with Munster, kind of the speculation about what exactly they're going to do at, at half and their kind of depleted numbers there. I suppose it just kind of reinforces the idea that in in a particular tournament like this when you've got squads like Saracens or Leinster it's just so hard for, for any other teams to compete with them.
0: Yeah, it is difficult. Um, you look at the squad that Leinster have built up and I think you know, Leinster to a certain degree have have they've given the young lads opportunity, but the young lads who have been given the opportunity have actually taken it. Uh, and you see guys like Rowan Keller or who's leapfrogged, you know, James Tracy and probably Sean Cronin and, um, I think you know, guys who are given the opportunity, it's it's the younger guys banging on the door that need to when they're given a chance, bloody take it. And sometimes I've witnessed with Ulster over the last couple of years it's there's been four or five young guys that have been given a chance, but they haven't really stepped up to the plate. Is that because of their ability? Is it because they're not getting enough exposure at that level? Or you know, is the academy system not as good as it is down in, in in Leinster? Is the school system not as good as it is in Leinster? Or the academy system in Darrasen? It's really hard to pinpoint, put your finger on. Um, but you know, it's a conveyor belt of raw talent that's coming out of Leinster. Raw athletes that's coming out of Leinster. Other guys like Max Vegan and. Uh, you know Scott Penny who are just hanging around and you know, playing really really well every time they're given a chance. Where you know, guys like Matty Ray and uh, you know Nick Timoney who've been running around Ulster for the last three or four years, you know they're not getting these mile on mass performances. They're not putting their hand up for our selection. They just seem to be you know game by game just getting through it. Um, and I think you know young guys, especially with Ulster, Monster that are coming through, they're given that a chance. They really need to try and grab it the way. Um, like some like Ronan Keller's is doing, or other guys within the set up You look at manager Langi's uh, cousin, who's been um out half for them. You know, just taking his chance, uh, and other guys in there as well. So, yeah, it, it's squad depth is so so important. And as the season goes on, you're going to lose players. You're going to get some players back from injury. Um, but wouldn't it be great to be in a position like Leinster where you have maybe thirty five guys that you could put your faith in week in week out to do the job for you?
2: Yeah. Oh. On that, actually, just um, a slight tangent, but while I have you, I haven't had your, a chance to ask you about this, really. The remedy for that, the remedy for uh, to build a squad, like you look at the Munster, particularly, I think, are an interesting scenario in that, you know, you look at the reported signings of uh, Diolande and Snyman, two, two World Cup winners, two brilliant players uh, who will certainly add to them. But that seems to be like a... There does seem to be a focus on I suppose looking to outside inferences. When they had a problem with their centre, it was looking to Chris Farrell. When they had a problem with Scrum half, it was looking to, to Albie Matthewson to plug a gap there. And I'm wondering, like, is the, the fact that you're talking about players getting the opportunity to step up? Like, in that scenario, Craig Casey won't get an opportunity to step up because his his path is blocked by Nick McCarthy who's coming down from Leinster and Albie Matthewson currently and obviously Conor Murray is gonna start there. Um you look at guys like uh, you know Goggin or even Arnold in the centre their path is suddenly blocked by whether that be Farrell who you know is, is obviously Irish qualified, but someone like Diolande coming in now as well who will block his path as well like the do you, how do you find the balance is being struck in whatever about Connacht in a, in a scenario like Munsters yeah
0: I think lads you know the whole the last four or five years uh, everything has been built towards making um, the Irish team a success like you know, so players have moved around. Why has Jack McGrath come up to Ulster? Why has Jordy Murphy come came to Ulster? Because they're going to get game time, they're going to get exposure week in, week out. No, they weren't getting that at Leinster, so um, that was helping their chances of, uh, of, of playing for Ireland. You know, look at Chris Farrell why did he come back and go to Munster? Because he wants to try and play for Ireland. Where I think now Mun- Munster and you no, know, even Ulster at the minute. You know they signed Carter, they signed Matt Badez Like, why did they have to sign Matt Faddis? Like, Ulster are blessed in the back three, but they feel that they need a bit more quality in that area to push them on to the next level. So, like, so M- M- Munster have never really replaced Paul O'Connell, you know, this talisman, this you know enforcer of John Klein. You know, I don't know about you guys, but I haven't seen that yet, and I don't think Munster have either, and that's why they're trying to sign Snyman. So. You know, they, they probably feel that they need a bit more physicality in the midfield. Um, if Chris Farrell is away at Six Nations duty or Scannell is away at Six Nations duty, but I can guarantee you lads that you know these big name players are going to play in the big games. You know, Chris Farrell is going to be left on the bench for Munster and Delamde is going to be starting. But why? It's because they want to win. Like Munster, Ulster, Leinster, and connaught as provinces, they want to do bloody well. They want to they want to try and further themselves in the Heineken Cup. They want to get to the latter stages of tournaments and to be able to do that you've got to have good, good quality and I think at the minute you know you take out Leinster and you take out Saracens I think sometimes you know the provinces are lacking a little bit of quality and maybe a little bit of firepower so um, you know from looking from the outside in you know signing De Landi, signing Snyman signing Carter he's playing for Ulster I think you know it's only a good thing for the game as long as it doesn't become like it was maybe six or seven years ago where you know you're signing five or six foreign players just to try and you know get a trophy at the end of it. I think there's got to be a fine balance too.
1: You gave us a couple of predictions there already with uh, Connacht win their five to six uh, with Labrooks Munster minus ten uh, with Ulster. As you're saying, Bath three points favorite, three point favorites. Would you be hoping Ulster can beat the handicap there?
0: Yeah, I would hope. I would. hope, but I'm not going. I wouldn't go with it. <laughs> um, I would probably go with Bath minus three. Um, it's always been a tight affair between Ulster and, uh, and Bath. Um, the Connick games, it's a, it's a tough one to call And you know what, I would probably stay away from it But I would definitely go Munster minus 10 I think uh, the Ospreys are in a world of pain at the minute um, you know, Their form is absolutely atrocious Probably the worst in Europe at the minute um, I know there are to a couple of guys back But I don't think it's going to make a huge bit of difference And the way Munster played against Ulster last week They're going to be significantly better Because Munster were poor. They actually I think they actually got away with one against Ulster um, considering Ulster the upper hand especially in the set piece so Graham Roundtree well have had a lot of work and a lot of talking done this week along with Stephen Larkham and um, you know Van Graan so uh, I would go for, for Ulster uh, Bath minus 3 Munster minus 10 and um, Lentz, let me see Lentz yeah what, for... what's Leinster 21 is yeah, it or minus something
1: minus 21
0: minus 21 yeah I, I think that's you know uh, that's a bit far out but at the same time it depends on weather. Um, it's an afternoon kickoff too, so uh, guys, I'd be likely to go with the twenty one points. I think Lencer in such a re a uh, form. Um I-, I can see them getting scoring four tries, no issues. Or are, are Bennett and Treviso gonna score fourteen to twenty points. They possibly could, but I could see Lencer scoring forty points, you know, so um I would probably go with Lencer minus twenty one, believe it or not.
1: There you have it. Thanks very much for uh, chatting to us, Stephen. Hopefully it's an enjoyable weekend of rugby.
0: No worries, Mark. Cheers. Appreciate it, guys.
1: Great stuff there from Stephen. And if you are having a bet this weekend on any of the rugby, be sure to gamble responsibly and you can visit dunluis.net for more information. Morris. I know I've asked even there as a, as a player trying to refocus and uh, get ready for you know the Champions Cup comes after you so quickly but as a fan it's very much the same You're like, Jesus what the, the Champions Cup all right hold on a minute what's going on here
2: yeah it's, it's like I mean this is the nature of the we talked about this on the last week's podcast as well It's just the nature of the rugby calendar this year that it just feels like this. it's just relentless and like i uh, you know, that's you mentioned it as a plan. Can you imagine how grueling that is for a player? Like think about the punishment Sam Wonderhill put his body through when you watched him in the yeah. World Cup. Like this is a guy who's relentlessly like, crashing into people. This is that's his job. It's what he did. And he's there's a the potential that he'd be thrown back into action already. Like it's it's incredible the like he went through you don't just think about that in terms of games. Like think about the one weather training he went through in Italy back in July. Think about the an Eddie Jones training camp that he's been building for four years for one tournament and then playing in that tournament and then less than two weeks later he's back out playing with his in you know in the European game like he's back out and uh, in the the middle of it from that perspective like they're the the two it's you know from a fan's perspective you're looking at like Ulster huge clash a game that could you know set them up perfectly for the rest of the season Uh, Connacht European rugby back in Galway, you know, a, a kind of a, a flair French team coming to town, a chance to welcome the, the whole. If you're down in Galway, the whole place is just green, Get come out to sports in the sports game. I think that'll be a, a sellout on Sunday. Whereas for from a Munster perspective, you're looking at an, an Ospreay team who are in dire straits and Leinster who, you know, could start by a relatively comfortable win as well. Like, so for, even from a fan's perspective, it might be kind of a, a variance of, of, of emotions. But yeah, like, it's it's a lovely way to keep the year exciting because you've got coming off the back of Interpros and straight into Europe and then you're building into another round of Europe as well and before you know it you'll be yeah. <laughs> into the knockout stages so you
1: got the Christmas size then you've obviously got you know the Pro 14 at Christmas you're going to have the More Interpros yeah, yeah. In, <laughs> you've got the six nations it's just relentless and even like mentally like you have to imagine you go back into these provinces. The, the players that were there that weren't, they didn't go to the World Cup. They're going to be a tight knit group. They've, they're obviously they've been aiming for you know get off to a great start in the Pro 14, and it must be just so hard mentally as a player to, to readjust to go like I actually don't have any time to switch off here. I've gone from a really pressured environment where we're aiming to you know get to a World Cup final, get to a semi final, least wherever it is, and then all of a sudden I'm. I'm Straight back in, and I'm, I'm, I don't have any time. It was not like we're saying, like, even like Underhill is a, a brilliant example for Bath, but even like Henderson's going to start probably this weekend for Ulster. You have, like, like, as Ferris mentioned, Stockdale maybe in poor form, having to try and regain that very quickly.
2: Yeah, and it's—I it's, mean—the same goes for a load. But like it's the, the psychology of that is actually fascinating. Like what—what yeah. what does it feel like? Conor Murray coming off the bench last weekend has come back in. Like that. The uh, Johnny Sexton, when he was interviewed at the Champions Cup launch, said that the hurt from this World Cup will probably last a lifetime for <laughs> players. So you have to. Pro, like that's you know in terms of processing that and then as well as that you're coming into what is effectively a brand new tournament like a new competition that you need to hit the ground running like how did those players how do they deal with that like how did they, you, you prepare yourself for, for something like that and like, I think that's especially for Munster is a really interesting psychology because you've got like uh, so many different moving parts there you've got a brand new coaching ticket effectively in uh, Graeme Rountree and, and Stephen Larkin coming in you've got a load of players returning from a World Cup staggered returning you have to remember that as well. this isn't a group coming back this is you know cores of the group like Conor Murray coming straight back in somebody like Joy Carberry who's out injured uh, yeah. again who's going you know not going to see again for another couple of weeks so like the, it is really staggering and I think managing that is as equally as kind of pressing for these teams as you know is, uh, is getting ready for this game
1: it's definitely set up for an intriguing weekend to subscribe to the Full Build Up podcast, search The Build Up on Balls on all good podcast apps.